Good morning. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021. I'd like to mention something from last week's Torah portion because it has two very important practical applications and we should um, emphasize them, internalize them, and try our best to assimilate them into our daily lives. So, Last week's Torah portion, Moshe sees the burning bush. God speaks to him. God gives him this mission to lead the Jewish people out of Egypt. Moshe is very reluctant, and there's a long back and forth between God and Moshe. Moshe keeps giving reasons he doesn't want to do it. Moshe and God uh, um, counteracts. Those, those reasons. And finally, finally, at the end of the conversation, Moshe agrees. Okay. Then comes a very short, very mysterious narrative. Immediately after Moshe agrees to go back to Egypt to lead the Jews out of Egypt. So remember, he has been away for many years. Meanwhile, he married a woman named Tzipora. And the Torah says as follows. So he and his wife were traveling from Midian, where they were living, back to Egypt. Well, it takes a number of days. So they were on the way, traveling along the way at an inn. They spent the night at an inn. Vayif Geshehu Hashem, and God met them. Vayivakesh Hamiso, and I mean, it's hard even just to say these words, and wanted to kill him, Moshe. Apparently, as we'll see in the next Pusik, what had happened was that just a few days earlier, Moshe and Zipporah had given birth to a boy, a baby. And what should have happened is there should have been a bris. As we know from Bereshus, God commanded Avraham that when a baby boy is born, on the eighth day, there should be a bris, a circumcision. And apparently, a baby boy had been born to Moshe and Zipporah. And the eighth day had arrived. The time for the bris had arrived. And Moshe had not done the bris for his son. And again, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to read these words. God met him. And Vaivakesh Hamiso wanted to take his life, presumably because he was not fulfilling the obligation of giving a bris to his son. Vatikak Tsipora Tsor and Tsipora, that's Moshe's wife, the baby's mother, took a tsar, something that's very, very sharp, Vatichros es Orlaspana. And she cut the foreskin, 
of her son, meaning she performed the bris, the circumcision. And as you might imagine, she was a little upset with Moshe also. Vatagalaraglov. And she took this piece of skin that she had cut off and she threw it at Moshe's feet. Vatomer, and she said, Ki chasan damim atali. You are like a new husband to me who almost gave up his life. Why would you do something that that caused that you almost lost your life? You would have been a, 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 a bridegroom who, who, whose life was taken. The next thing that happens is Moshe arrives in Mitzrayim. He meets Aharon. They go to speak to the Jewish people. They go to speak to Paro and the rest of the story. But what is going on here? I mean, it's just, it, it, it it's confounding. So two separate issues. The first is a practical halachic issue. Our rabbis in the Talmud derive from here. Tzipora took this sharp instrument and she performed the bris, says the Talmud, says the Gemara, Malamed, this comes to teach you, we know from here that a woman is permitted to do bris mila. It's a practical consequence. We know that a person who has the job of performing circumcisions is referred to as a mohel, one who does bris mila to perform the mitzvah could be a man or a woman. And it appears that the Pusik is saying this, I mean, as clearly as it could be, the Torah is saying this. That's number one. The problem is that that passage of the Talmud has a second opinion. And the second opinion says, no, it is not permitted for a woman to do a bris mila in order to fulfill the mitzvah. And the reason for this second opinion is based on an earlier verse when God originally spoke to Avraham and commanded Avraham in the midst of Brismila, the implication of the words there are that the only person who can do a Brismila is a person who has the obligation to have had it done to him earlier, which means only a man and not a woman. If that's the case, then what's happening here? I mean, the, the, the simple words of the Torah seem to say that Tzipora did the bris. So commentators give various explanations. She didn't really do the bris. What she did was she started to do the bris and Moshe took over. Or she made it clear to Moshe that he had to do it. Even though that is not the simple sense of the words, but if the halacha is actually that a woman is not allowed to perform the mitzvah, then some way of reading this will have to be come up with in order to explain it. As a practical matter, although this is disputed in the Talmud, within the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, 
the halacha, the Jewish law, is that a woman, technically speaking, is allowed to perform bris milah, but the minhag, the custom, is that a woman does not do so. It's kind of like an intermediate position, and it's a little bit hard to understand how we arrive at that conclusion based on the two opinions in the Talmud. Practically speaking today, within the Orthodox world, the only one to perform a bris is a man, not a woman. And that is, for all intents and, intents and purposes, the practical application of this passage that it is only a man who can do a bris, and we'll have to come up with some explanation of what it was that Sibara did. Okay. That's one issue. But the second issue is, wait a second. God has this really, really important mission. And Moshe is the one to do it. And clearly there is nobody else that God wants because God keeps pressuring Moshe and overcoming every objection Moshe has to doing it himself. Moshe doesn't want to do it. But clearly Moshe is the only candidate that God wants. How is it possible that before he even starts, before he even gets to the job site that God is going to, I mean, God forbid, it's hard even to say the words, take Moshe's life, but that is what the simple meaning of the words seem to say. How could it be that Moshe's life would be forfeited when he was given such an important task and he hadn't even begun it? So here's the message. The message is no matter what your job is, no matter what your mission is, your family comes first. Very simple. A few weeks ago on Hanukkah, we discussed the issue that on the Friday night, which is Hanukkah, where we have the mitzvah to light two different lights, the Shabbos candles and the Hanukkah menorah. The Talmud asks the question, what happens if a person could only afford one light? Which one should it go for? Should it go for Hanukkah or should it go for Shabbos? And the Talmud says, it should go for Shabbos. Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein explained that passage in the Talmud in a very, very simple way. The lights for Shabbos are intended for the family. The lights for Hanukkah are intended for the world to publicize the miracle. Family comes first. No matter what obligation you have, no matter how important it is, your own family comes first. And here's the point. If Moshe did not see this, 
than every other quality he had was insufficient to have him fill that role of leadership. Yes, of course, there are moments when an emergency arises and something relating to the family must be interrupted. Yes, of course. Yes, of course, there are periods of time, short periods of time, where the needs of a community temporarily must take precedence. Yes, of course, that's true. But no matter who you are and no matter what you're doing, there must be the bottom line, basic, comprehensive understanding, not only intellectual, but behavioral. Your family comes first. And it is only if and when Moshe learns that, that he can proceed on his journey to Egypt and leave the Jewish people to Israel. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.